Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Going on, hockey fans, welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, giving you top headlines, hot topics, and best bets now that we are back into the full swing of the NHL. And speaking of best bets, Casing the League is brought to you by the one and only Bet Online. We've got some fun postseason stuff going on. And of course, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your baseball or hockey wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Getting the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football as well at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need from your favorites, which on this show, your favorite should be hockey, all the way up to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in touch with the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. I am your host, Casey Hudson, and joining me today again is Johnny Lazarus. Johnny, how's it going? Casey, thank you for having me again. It's good to be back on here with you, and uh, it's going pretty good for me, going better for me than it is for your lightning, so get that oh. out of the way, and uh, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> well, we're just now reunited, and the digs are the digs are being tossed out there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I will address Not that sure. later on in the show, Johnny. It was great to have you back. Um, but of course, <laughs> last time we had you on, we were freshly kind of in a weird coming out of the offseason era and stuff and kind of preparing for the season. You were taking those last couple of weeks to enjoy some personal time. But uh, how's your schedule and stuff been so far? You got to do a Chicklets Cup or something? Like, you've been a busy guy. How was all that? Yeah, I bounced around a lot. So I was in Buffalo for about 10 days, then went down to UMass to do the UMass-Michigan games. Now I'm back in New York, was here for the Rangers' first two home games. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't go on their West Coast trip. Um, but, like, you know, there's other stuff going on. So I'm going back to UMass again this weekend for uh, a very exciting matchup between the Minutemen and Boston University on Saturday night. But um, up until then, my focus is on the Rangers. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of traveling, a lot of fun. And that's what hockey season's all about. You're just never in the same place for more than a week. So, um, yeah, it's it's great. Can't complain. No, complete and beautiful chaos. Um, of course, with you being on the ground for most of the Rangers stuff through HockeyNews.com and obviously other affiliates as well, you tweeted out, which in a weird time frame of this, so I've got to get your insight. You tweeted out something about you wish that there was like a red zone version for hockey and how spectacular that would be and all these good things. And then I, I swear within 48 hours, all of a sudden there was this announcement for the frozen frenzy. Were you like in on this or was that just well, that added up? The original tweet was back in like 2020. Uh, so I was just like quote tweeting it to bring it back to the surface. Cause I wanted to take credit for the idea, obviously. <laughs> uh, but no, I, so it's actually funny. I was sitting with my dad and my mom at a restaurant and my dad was saying that, you know, I think there was a game where there was like or a night where there was like 12 games on. And he said like, there should be a way to bounce around between the games. Cause you know, our parents obviously don't understand ESPN plus and how to, you know, switch back and forth to, from game to game. And I was like, yeah, it'd be sick if we had like a Renzo, a red zone. And then, you know, my dad and I were like, Oh my God, like, that's a great idea. Like you should do something like that. I was like, I'll just tweet it. Uh, and I didn't even have like a following at the time. So it was kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for like three years where, you know, if you do NHL fantasy, if you like to bet, whatever, there should be just like, you know, one night a week where, you know, there's more than 10 games on and you can just flip around from power play to power play. Like that was the original idea. It was like NHL Ozone where 
you only just watch games when the power plays are happening because that's like I feel like the only way you could really do it, uh, like in relation to the red zone. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've definitely spread this out for for a, a long time trying to get people on board with it. I don't want to say like you know they took my idea and did it, but um, I'd like to think that I had a little little uh, insight on it, but I was not involved in the process. <laughs> all right. I, I would give you some kudos for that. I, I think that you had a hand in the inspiration of it all. Mm. And now it's the real deal. Tomorrow will be a national holiday to some degree with this new uh, debut of the Frozen Frenzy. Some people mm. love the game. Some people hate it. But what can this do to continue to amplify hockey? Um, last time I had you on the show, we just kind of talked about the growth of the sport, more specifically Southern region growth. But like, how can this kind of reel in new fans now that you have all of the best bits just pieced together and packaged right there for everybody to see. Well, I will say there is one unfortunate scenario with the frozen frenzy being tomorrow. It also is the opening night for the NBA. Uh, and I, I am a big NBA fan too. So I'm going to have to tune out the NBA for the night, but I, I think what this can do to grow the game. And I think what the NFL does so well is that the NFL owns Sunday. Uh, mm -hmm. I think everyone's Sunday plans are based around football games and based around the times and based around the NFL red zone and their fantasy teams and whatnot. So what the NHL can do in that regard is if they were to make, you know, one Tuesday night a month, you know, all 32 teams in action, they can own that night. Um, and that's why they're doing so well as far as promoting this frozen frenzy is that, you know, I think most people knew that tomorrow, October 24th is the first time ever this is going to happen. And I think all hockey fans that are, you know, in the know are going to sit on their couch and watch hockey from 6 PM Eastern time until 2 AM uh, East coast time, or at least I'm going to, although I do have a beer league playoff game that I can't miss. So I'm going to miss a little bit of the action tomorrow, which I'm really uh, pissed about, but you know, <laughs> gotta be a team player. But I think, you know, that, back to your question, I think that's the most important thing is just owning the day. And um, you know, I think it'd be a way for the NHL to market it going forward where let's say it's the first Tuesday of every month, NHL, all 32 teams in action, like be glued to your couch and watch hockey all night. And I think fans would love it, but that's what the NFL does so well is that, uh, you know, every Sunday revolves around sitting on your couch, eating food and watching Red Zone. Yeah, I think you make a great point out with that. I don't know how many people actually thought of that. But all of that actually brings me to three questions. First and foremost, mm -hmm. can this break the numbers of Taylor Swift's attendance to support Travis <laughs> Kelsey now that we have everyone on board to be glued to their TV on a specific day. I I don't think so. Taylor Swift is just is just too big. She's huge. Uh, I don't think anyone can compete with Taylor Swift, to be honest. Like, um, yeah. I'm all for, I'm all for that, by the way. Like, I'm not a hater on them showing Taylor Swift. Like, if, if Taylor Swift was dating any hockey player, like, I want to see her on the screen as much as possible. You know? <laughs> Are you a Swifty or do you just support the love for her? You know that I'm a Swifty. I came on your show last time and I know and all too well. When you opened, you were like, you know, I think that you'll love this, which I did love it, but I wasn't yeah. sure if you were just like, you know, like doing it. No, no, I. When I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a diehard, but I, I like her music and I think she's a, a good person and good for society. So yeah, okay. I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Are you in the line of men that like wish they could date her? Do I wish I could date Taylor Swift? Obviously. Yeah. Who, what, who wouldn't? <laughs> no, that's, that's become a whole debate. Like some guys being like, I, I wouldn't actually want to date her, but I'd want her clout and then vice versa. You haven't seen this? No, I have. I haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> would I want all the attention? Probably not a little bit of it. Definitely. Not all of it. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of, I, I don't want a camera on me at all times. That's just too much. It's it's a stressful situation. I can only imagine. All mm -hmm. right. And then you said that like, you're unfortunately going to be doing beer league stuff, but you're holding yourself accountable. You're going to be there for your team. Mm -hmm. um, how are the teeth holding up? Say that again? How are the teeth holding up? Oh, uh, they're good. Um, so I have like a four, 
four teeth bridge and like two posts that happened to me in junior hockey. I got a puck to the face and, and knocked out four of my teeth. So I used to have like a flipper that would come in and out. But since I retired, uh, my parents, luckily enough, paid for me to get my teeth fixed. So thank you, mom and dad, for that. And um, sometimes it just happens where like, you know, I'll bite into something like once every six months and they'll just loosen up. So I'd have to get, get them like re-cemented in. So uh, yeah. nothing bad happened. I just had uh, buffalo wings over the last weekend and they loosened up and I wanted to get ahead of it before they fell out and went to see the dentist. So um, thank you for asking. And yes, the teeth are fine <laughs> for now. So you're not a big apple eater, I'm guessing. That would be like risky. I slice them. Okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. Keeping it smart. So uh, besides Beer League, besides NBA and all the other things going down tomorrow within the Frozen Frenzy, you've got the Rangers taking on the Flames. Now you make a dig at what my team's doing, which I get it. It's all fair and square. But um, your evaluation mm -hmm. of the Rangers thus far, you've got the whole coaching thing. Some people are now getting on board with the new coach and his methods behind getting these players sparking. And then there was some unfortunate moments or periods where you're like, these guys are too elite for this shit. Like, where's your head been so far? So up until the game against the Kraken on Saturday night, I thought in the first four games, the Rangers looked like four completely different teams mm -hmm. against Buffalo. They were dominant for the full 60 minutes. Then on the road in Columbus, they were a little bit sloppier, didn't play the complete game, had some moments of uh, some weakness in that one. And then the home game against Arizona, I thought really boring to start. But then again, they grind and scratch and claw and find a way to win a one goal game. And then against Nashville, they completely just didn't show up. Terrible effort uh, the whole entire game. Um, so I just thought it was four completely different stories. And that's something Laviolette's talked about this year is that not every game is going to be the same and they're going to have to find different ways to win hockey games. And then they come out in Seattle and play a pretty, uh, pretty strong 60 minute effort. There was, you know, maybe like the first five minutes was a little bit weaker, uh, but Seattle's obviously been struggling too this year. So I'm not going to say that's a great win, but, you know, happy to see the Rangers go in and not play down to their level for 60 minutes, which is something they've been guilty of in the past. And I think Laviolette, you know, gave him a good kick in the ass. I'm assuming between, the Nashville game and the Seattle game because the Nashville game is literally one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. It was, it was pathetic as far as the effort goes, but um, you know, I think Laviolette is a really good motivator and you saw it uh, you know, in the clips on Twitter, if you didn't watch the full game, you saw the Rangers kind of go after Yanni Gord a little bit for coming out the bench. And uh, obviously Vinny Trocek stands up for himself and stands up for the team and drops the gloves. And then Lafreniere, Kako, he'll have a great game, the three kids performing. So, um, you know, those are good things to see. I didn't even mention Panarin having a point in every game yet. Uh, mm -hmm. so far. So Panarin's playing pretty well. And, um, you know, I think things are trending in a good direction and Jonathan quick getting his first win as a Ranger. So that's good too. Um, I'm sorry for a little rant there, but yeah, I think uh, lobby has been great. And I think Ranger fans have been nothing but happy with the way he communicates, not only to the players, but to the media as well. And, uh, yeah, I think it's been going really well. You're totally allowed to rant. That's that's <laughs> to rant about the Rangers on this show. That's for sure. Um, now you've got Calgary. They've got some things that have changed over in their front office as well, where whenever a team is searching for their identity, you're going to have a different team on the ice every game. I think that's kind of a matching theme for a few teams. I think the Lightning are kind of facing that now, not from the front office in, but just a turnover on the roster that's different. How do you expect them to compete against the Flames tomorrow? Because sometimes the Flames can be a great team or they can be completely penetrable. Yeah, I think the last season and, you know, now what, five games in for Cal or six games in for Calgary, they've been a hard team to figure out because they have a lot of talent in like Lindholm, Huberdeau, Kadri, and Markstrom, who was a Vesna candidate, I think, two years ago now. Um, you know, they have good pieces there that, that for whatever reason, you know, obviously under Daryl Sutter, just it didn't work out. But um, early on this year, I thought, uh, they would look a little better than they have. Yesterday, I watched their game against Detroit, and they looked terrible, but also Detroit's looked really strong so far this year, so I don't want to 
uh, take away too much credit from the Red Wings. Um, but this Calgary team, for whatever reason, I, I think I predicted them to miss the playoffs again this year. Uh, they missed the playoffs last year, but they had a pretty strong run two years before that with obviously Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Gachuk, who were the heartbeat of that team. And I think since those two have left, it's been just, uh, like you said, an identity crisis of some sorts. And, um, you know, I think the Rangers for them, as long as the effort's there, it shouldn't be a very difficult game. I think the Rangers had the better goaltending, the better special teams and um, the better overall offensive, um, I guess, threat. So, you know, I think the Rangers build off their performance in Seattle and Igor Shosturkin gets the net back. So uh, I expect the Rangers to take it to Calgary um, on Tuesday night. Absolutely. Hopefully we can uh, manifest that for you so that you can have a better day amongst your league NBA and everything else going <laughs> it's on. It's a busy one. It's a busy one. It is. It is. Um, like, is it the different setups that you have to have just to be on top of everything? I, I tried to do laptop, iPad and TV. But I have fallen off from keeping tabs on the NBA. Um, my family's not even from here. So getting into football was way different. That only happened because my brother that we adopted. It's always been soccer, tennis, um, cricket, if you could believe it. If they thought that I was yeah. going to actually keep tabs on that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I applaud you for it. Now, you kind of mentioned the fact that the Red Wings have been a little bit of a surprise. What teams have been off to the most surprising start in your opinion, whether it's positive or negative? Well, yeah, I think positive. I think everyone's answer right now would be Detroit. They're five, one and oh, everyone talks about the Iser plan and whatnot, but you know, I think Alex to and Dylan Larkin right now, you know, they're looking like quite the dynamic duo, both of them leading the league in points to bring it with 12 Larkin with 11 in six games. And you know, the biggest thing for them has been their power play. The Red Wings right now, the second best power play in the NHL, 39.1%. And, um, you know, I think if you look at this team on paper, it wouldn't jump out at you that they would have the second best unit, right? I think mm -hmm. they obviously have some offensive weapons there in those two guys. And then, you know, most side or Lucas Raymond, um, and, and forgive me if I'm missing one, but maybe like JT Comper has been a good addition. Um, but I don't think like on paper, Detroit is the scariest team, but to bring out at the top of his game, he's been a 40 goal scorer in the league. And, you know, Larkin looks so happy out there right now, just having a, an old buddy. I think is, uh, I think they grew up together as well in Michigan. So I'm sure those two are happy to be reunited. And um, you know, their new goal song is pretty sick too. The M and M without me, I think, which yep. is pretty sick, but um, yeah, Detroit just got a lot of mojo going right now. And I think, you know, I do want to talk about Dylan Larkin because he is one of the coolest guys that I've had the chance to meet in the NHL. I think his personality is unbelievable. And, you know, if Detroit's doing well, you'll see a little bit more of that. So I'm all for it. He's an easy guy to root for. And then another team that I think is actually surprised in a negative, I'll stick on the East Coast, is the Carolina Hurricanes because they've been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL over the last like five years since Rod Brendamore took over. And right now they have the worst goals against in the NHL at, you know, allowing five goals against per game. And their penalty kill, which has been really strong the last couple of years, is at 29th at 67.9%. So the Hurricanes are struggling defensively, which is something we're not used to seeing. And then, you know, I think I kind of have to say Edmonton is somewhat of a surprise right now, but their goaltending is not a surprise because, you know, that's been their biggest issue for the last, what, like 10 years is is finding a goalie that can, that can help them out. Um, so I'd say those are my three biggest surprises so far. Do you have one that I missed? No. Well, actually, I will throw one at you in a minute, but mm -hmm. the Red Wings, I got so much heat this summer for saying that they were going to be a contending team. And a lot of people were like, you're expecting day and night results. But it was the fact that I know that they couldn't keep their net clean per se. Cider was already killing it as a defenseman. I just think that he needed a little assistance back there. Somebody else that can kind of anchor. I think Sean Gossibier has been 
pretty fabulous for this team. He's also mm-hmm. I think, on the second power play unit. Um, so love your breakdown about that. But am I still like out of my league here to say that this can be a contending team? Like, is it too early to say this still? No, I mean, I mean, after the start they've had, I think most people would say they regret their decision. I didn't think Detroit would make the playoffs this year. I thought this would be like another step in the right direction for them. But I, mm-hmm. I, I just think next year was more of like, a, you know, they're ready for it because I thought I, I was really high in Ottawa, which I still am. I think Ottawa looks really strong so far this season. And I think it was their turn to maybe make that jump. And I think, you know, Buffalo was the sexiest team of the three to talk about making the playoffs. So, you know, I didn't think all three of them would do it. If I had to pick two out of three, my picks were Buffalo and Ottawa. So that's why Detroit was the third option. But, you know, right now, like, who knows? I mean, Tampa could be out of there. Florida could be out of there. Easy, Easy. I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I had I had Florida and Boston, I think. Oh, no. I had Florida and Tampa, I think, to both miss the playoffs. So, you know, I don't have all three of these teams getting in. But Detroit right now, I think is the leader for sure. Wow. Make sure you guys bet your host before you have them on and they trash your team. Um, no, <laughs> I, I appreciate the honesty. It's well, after the Vasilevsky news, not prior to that. Yeah. And let's just say that Tampa media, like as on the ground as we are, it was still like sneaky news to us as well, but mm-hmm. agree with the Red Wings situation. Um, I guess my other surprise, my surprise on top of yours was the Florida Panthers. They're kind of in a unique rhythm here. I was thinking that Brabowski is going to kind of like come back into and build off of some of his like great saves from last season. Um, it's not completely a mess, but they're special teams. I mean, maybe they're not having enough special team opportunities, but their penalty kill 65.2%, their power play at 10%. Like, were we expecting them to be this kind of hit or miss entering the season after the momentum they had? I definitely was, uh, not to toot my own horn, but just because, you know, this is like a, a typical story in the NHL, right? This team goes on a magical run there. And, and I think the biggest thing as to why they're struggling now is not only because of the playoff run they went on, but they were playing playoff style hockey since like January. So they've been going at it for like, you know, seven, eight months. They were battling to get their way into the playoffs and then they had to battle their way through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kachuk wasn't fully healthy. I think to start the year, I know, I know he said he was at a hundred percent, but like, you know, what do you have a broken sternum? Like, uh, like, you know, I don't know if you recover that quickly from that. So um, I don't know, but Borowski obviously also still on his head in the playoffs last year. And, you know, he's just been so hot and cold, I think throughout his career. And I think they were just the biggest candidate for aggression. And I think that was the obvious choice that they would, you know, have a slow start to the year and also missing Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad on the blue line to kick the year off was a, a tough loss for them too. So um, yeah. I, I just think they had a lot of adversity to face in the beginning. And that's why I was like, you know, I don't think this team is just going to gonna get there because I have to play catch up the whole year. Yeah, well, kudos to you because that's a good point that they were just allowed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they outworked their opponents. That was kind of one of their – that was their strong point last season. So you could really only do that for so long. Um, now, this kind of moves us over to a more flashier point. I feel like these NHL rookies that so far this season, not only strong starts, but they're making a name for themselves nice and early. Um, who's probably your favorite rookie – so far if not the bedard conversation well it was devin levi but he's kind of disappointed early on uh he's won three now with a 0.892 save percentage and 3.26 goals against and he was my pick for rookie of the year so i've been watching him a little bit closely and i'm not giving up on him by no by any means but um you know i think it's hard to to say anyone outside of bedard right now has been the most exciting although you know last night uh what's his name matthew poitois on, on Boston, put up two goals. I think I said that right. Um, yeah, he's been he's been a rookie that a lot of Bruins fans are very 
high on. Apparently, he's like the reincarnation of Patrice Bergeron, from what I've understood. I haven't really watched a complete Bruins game yet, but from everything I've seen, this kid seems to be very exciting. So I'd say he's up there. I got to watch Logan Cooley play against the Rangers, and he was just so confident, such a smooth skater. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah. Um, I have to watch more of Fantilli and Carlson. I haven't seen those two uh, in game action yet, just highlights and clips. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlson obviously had that great first goal the other night in his first game. Uh, he's a guy to watch out for. And then this big surprise, who is a guy I haven't really heard much of prior to this year, but Matthew Phillips in Washington. Okay. Um, smaller guy. He's got three points in four games. He's been uh, a little exciting player, even though Washington's on the struggle bus right now. They look pretty shitty uh, to kick the year off. So uh, he's a bright spot, I think, for that team right now. Um, he's a guy that most people might not have heard of, but Matthew Phillips in Washington is definitely one to watch for. Nice setup for that one. So definitely keep an eye out. Um, where do you kind of place, like, I know that they're not particularly rookies in comparison to Bedard and Cantilli, but you got Luke Hughes, who there was a lot of excitement building around him towards the end of the season when he got his, you know, call, his tap up. Um, then you've got Zach Benson along the Buffalo Sabres, a team that you're still pretty high on and high hopes mm-hmm. for. Um, what are you seeing out of these guys in terms of what they're building off of from last year? Well, Luke Hughes, I think, is in a, bit of a tougher spot than Benson because there's so much more pressure on Hughes to perform in Jersey than there is on Benson in Buffalo mm-hmm. because, you know, Luke Hughes comes in, like you said, last year, um, I think, you know, maybe had a goal and an assist in the games he played in. I, I know he had that overtime winner in the, in the last game of the season, but the devils right now are in win now mode. I'm not saying the Buffalo isn't Buffalo's just in like, let's make the playoff mode. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously their goal is to win the Stanley cup, but I think the realistic expectation is to get to the playoffs. So Benson, you know, the expectations for him aren't as high as Luke Hughes because Benson was picked 13th overall this past year. And typically, you know, maybe he'd go back to junior and grow a little bit, but he made the team right out of camp. So he's been like a huge surprise in a positive way for Buffalo. And, you know, everyone's kind of just trying to figure out what he can bring to the team this year. And I think he's, you know, a little spark plug for them. I've gotten to watch him a couple of times and that kid's motor just doesn't stop. He doesn't look tired ever. And uh, it's funny. I think I don't know where the the reference comes from, but they're all calling him Benny the Butcher up in Buffalo. <laughs> from it's from a show. I I don't remember which show it is. Um, and forgive me for blanking on it, but uh, he's looked he's looked great. He hasn't scored a goal yet, but he had a great preseason. And then Luke Hughes is just you know a smooth skating defenseman. He's so poised with the puck, and I'm sure his confidence will just continue to grow as the year goes on for the Devils. But he's looked pretty good, I think, to start the year as well. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what what a mom in the position of the Hughes family feeds those boys. I mean, they're all just out here producing Quinn, you know, stellar for his team, Luke making his name Mm -hmm. and then Jack is Jack. But a guy who's top of my charts for the NHL rookies or the rookie conversation, Matthew Nice. It was painful to play against him in playoffs. It was painful to see him again this Saturday, but I am a huge Minnesota Gopher hockey gal. what have you seen, like his role? Is he going to be a commanding presence on this team? Maybe become a part of the core conversation. They're calling him the Fab Five now, if you include Morgan Riley, but he's so reliable with the top talent on that Leafs roster. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I would think that he becomes a huge player for them this year. I mean, he had a pretty big role in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think he was actually like on the ice, and I don't know if there's a stat behind this, but I just remember watching i'm pretty sure he was on the ice for like all the important goals last year in that tampa series pretty sure he was on for both overtime winners in tampa and that ryan o'reilly goal that tied game three late i think but again you know this is a young kid who you know came out of minnesota as an absolute stud but he's playing third line minutes right now 
you know, I don't know if he's seeing a ton of time on that first unit. I don't think he's actually getting any time on either power play right now. And excuse me if I'm wrong, because I, you know, I've watched a couple of the Leafs games and haven't seen him much on the power play. But, you know, I'm not a Leafs diehard, so I don't watch all 82. Um, but Nice, yeah, just a big, strong kid. And, you know, I think he's got two goals and an assist so far this year in what, like five games? Um, yeah. So, you know, the production's there. And hopefully the ice time, you know, picks up a little bit more as the year goes on. And, um, like I said, he's just a big, strong kid that has a definitely a bright future ahead of him. I'm actually good friends with his brother, Phil, who uh, I know through a mutual buddy. And, you know, it's funny. I was telling, so Phil posted a picture of them the other day. I think it was Maddie's 21st birthday. And these two look exactly alike. And I thought it'd be like a great prank or something. If, I mean, Phil played, you know, competitive hockey, played D1. But I think it'd be funny if Phil threw on Maddie's gear and like pretended to be him <laughs> for a practice or something one day. I think it'd be pretty funny. I wonder how long it would take anyone to notice. Especially well, he's a little bit shorter, so I think people would pick up on it, but I think okay. it'd be funny just to, like for a content piece or something. We could pitch yeah, that. Absolutely. There you go. Something else that you can take credit for. You're just a fat, you're, you're an idea factor. I'm a creative. I'm a creative. There Not an executor, just a creative. There you go. You're executing pretty well. It, it's going <laughs> Um, so from, from nice and the impact that he's having, then it just brings me to the conversation of certain trades were obviously more impactful than others. Who are some guys that kind of sit top of list for you? Obviously the Brinkett was a big one for the Red Wings. You got to Foley, who I was so excited to see go to the Devils. Bunting, I thought was going to be tremendous with the Canes. He has been impactful thus far. I mean, I think he's one of the top five players statistically with, um, the Canes and then Pierre-Luc Dubois which our buddy Jeremy Roenick had a very interesting opinion on this guy and him going over to the LA Kings. Who are your top impactful players so far? So I think right now, I mean, the obvious choice would be to bring at, I think it's impossible to kind of skip over him. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people were not necessarily concerned, but more interested in how much of an impact Vladimir Tarasenko could have in Ottawa. Oh, and yeah. you look at the Sens right now, you know, they're, they're scoring goals at will, basically up there with the Red Wings. The Red Wings are at, you know, five goals per game. The Senators aren't too far behind them at 4.20 goals per game. So Ottawa's offense has looked really strong. Tarasenko is a big part of that. He's got six points in five games. So he's over a point a game right now, two goals, four assists. And, you know, Vladdy's a sniper. So we saw a little bit of a stint with him here in New York. And, you know, I loved what I saw from him, not only on the ice, but I also thought he was such a, sweetheart of a person honestly like away from the rink he was always so nice to the reporters and whatnot um so i'm sure he helps that locker room out a ton too and they need scoring especially right now with shane pinto still you know being somewhat of an unknown contract wise hasn't been with the team um so tarasenko i think's been you know not the most talked about addition this summer but uh has definitely had a positive impact on that senators group that like i said should be poised to make the playoffs this year if their offense can keep scoring the way they are yeah, I'm glad that you actually brought him into the mix because, of course, the conversation around Brinkett and a few others are kind of mm -hmm. overshadowing some other things. I do want your opinion on uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, though. He's picked up some points, obviously, for the LA Kings. Interesting centerpiece there. Um, was this the right move for him? And do you agree with players requesting trades? So, um, it's. I mean, I could talk about this for, I feel like, 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just trying to decide which way to go. So, I actually watched... I'm not going to rush you. I'm just... <laughs> your time <laughs> i watched the uh i'm blanking on the name the kings had a show on nhl network i think like behind the glass or something um for their yeah, training, camp. training camp mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and dubois spoke about it and just said how he is so happy every day being in los angeles 
And, you know, he played in Winnipeg, played in Columbus, which are, you know, two cities that are pretty opposite night and day from Los Angeles. Uh, I've never been to Winnipeg, but I've been to Columbus. And that's actually an underrated city. I would say Columbus should get more credit. Um, but I've also been to LA and going to the beach and seeing the water every day is pretty fucking awesome. So <laughs> I can't blame him for being much happier. And listen, as far as asking for out of situations, like, you know, I think everyone should give an organization a fair shot, but if it's just not working out, like you have the right to speak up and want out if, you know, it's two-sided, I think, um, you know, maybe there are some fits that don't work and, you know, that's something that I've been afraid of in New York the past couple of years is if Lafreniere just like isn't the right fit here and at some point wants out, although he's looked great to start the year. Um, but I think, you know, just and, and I hate when people compare playing in the NHL to like a nine to five job. But right. this is one of those scenarios where if you're in a work environment and you're not happy, you have the right to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, I do hate when people compare because they're really not the same because you know, nine to five jobs aren't necessarily lifestyles, whereas playing the NHL has to be your life. Like even when you're not at work, everything you do impacts the way you perform at work. So uh, that's why I think the two of those are a little bit different. Um, But yeah, as far in this regard, um, you know, if you're not in an environment that you enjoy, you should 100% speak up and have the right to leave it. Yeah. And I think that kind of plays into hockey changing. I mean, obviously a lot is different from 20 years ago in the NHL where you just kind of bit your lip and let things take place. I mean, we're trying to give these players not only more of a voice, but kind of see a lot more of their personality and somebody stepping up and saying, this isn't working for me. It's going to show you their, their personality. It's going to show you their heart when they get to the right team. So I know yeah, it's a brink at, huh? The brink at's the perfect example of that right now. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I think that this just continues to pave the way for the changes that are coming about as they should. Now a change that I'm wondering if it's on the horizon, we talked about it a little bit. Edmonton is doing Edmonton things. Connor McDavid is by far, hands down, best player out there. But is a cup going to be within reach if he continues to stick it out with this team? Um, and that outside of if Edmonton is going to Edmonton, is this the year for a Canadian team to hoist the cup? Now that you love the Senators and what they're bringing to the table, people are still high on the Maple Leafs, even though I think they're going to crap out first round. Uh, where's your head at with Canada? Well, I said before the year that I thought either Edmonton or Toronto does get over the hump this year. And I did say it's Connor's year specifically. Um, and I still want to think that, but they have to figure out the goaltending situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say that because if you just watch every interview and every reaction that Dreisaitl and McDavid have, like they're, they're pissed off. Right. And and you kind of wanted them to be pissed off uh, as competitors, as athletes. And I think a lot of it reminds me of a couple of years ago when Nate uh, did that press conference, I think after losing to Vegas, where he said, like, you know, I've been in the league nine years, haven't won shit. Uh, I think that's kind of like McDavid's mindset right now. And and not that he hasn't won shit. Like, he's obviously, you know, arguably yeah. the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you grow up wanting to win Stanley Cups. You don't grow up wanting to win hard trophies and have that be it. So I would think that McDavid now, um, you know, having the roster they have, I do think this is Edmonton's, like, best team on paper that they've had since McDavid has joined the league. Um, and they've lost now two years in a row to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, which I'm sure fuels their fire a little bit more. And I think most people would say that last year's, you know, second round series between Edmonton and Vegas was, you know, somewhat of a Stanley Cup. I thought that series was unbelievable, and I thought we deserved a game seven, but Vegas for or Vegas, um, you know, found a way to shut them down in game six on the road. And I think, you know, when you have talented players like McDavid and Dreisaitl, 
Uh, you know, I know there's been talks of, you know, maybe dry settle leaves when his contract's up, I believe in like two years. And I don't know if that ruffles any feathers with McDavid or whatnot. And, and these are just like, you know, no one's really talking about it or, or, you know, these are all assumptions and whatnot, but you know, I would just have to think that McDavid's got to get one in the next three years because I think his prime is essentially done right in like three years. Um, yeah. And if he doesn't get one between the ages of like 27 and 30, like who knows what that narrative is. Right. So um, I'd imagine he's as motivated as ever to do it. And, you know, I'd love to see the best player in our game win a Stanley cup. And I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to see all of that talent and, and just things that he makes look like highlight reels go to waste. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's the reality of it. These players play the lift of Stanley cup and some of these guys will never even see playoffs in their lifetime. And that's a wild reality. Um, Speaking of reality and a little hyperbole, I thought it would be interesting <laughs> to go through comments on different team pages because fans love to just lose their shit when one game goes south or even one period goes south, right? So these are some uh, exaggerated comments that I found. I want your opinion on if it's too early to tell or if it is telling. Um so we'll start with the Arizona Coyotes look like a playoff team. Too early to tell, or has their game been telling? Um, I mean, what I think they're in third in the division right now, right? They're sitting in a playoff spot. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say no. Like I don't think that's an overreaction. I think a lot of people actually pick them as like a sleeper playoff team, which is fair. Like, do they have the most depth on their roster? I'd say no. But they have a lot of talent. I think their biggest question mark is Vejmelka and if he could, you know, lead them to a playoff spot. But, you know, as far as Clayton Keller, Logan Cooley, Nick Schmaltz, Matt Dumba on the back end, Sean Dersey on the back end, um, I think their power play has been looking pretty strong as well. Uh, they've got all the tools. So it's about sustainability for them. And yeah, I'd say they could be a sleeper team to make the playoffs. All right. We'll list them under telling. Uh, next one Austin Matthews will post 60 goals this season. What's he at now? Seven? Yeah, two Hatties and one. Yeah. I think, right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 60. Fuck it. He might get 70 with how he's scoring right now. Um, <laughs> no, but Matthews, I feel like, yeah, he could he could hit 60 uh, with ease. I mean, we've seen how hot that guy gets when, when he's feeling confident. So, um, yeah, I could see Matthews getting 60. All right. We'll throw him under telling. Um, Aves Byram will outdo Kale McCarr. Say it again. Byram will outplay Kale McCarr. No, no shot in hell. <laughs> no chance. There wasn't even a breath taken no, there. No, 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 no. Okay, absurd. <laughs> Hyperbole. There we go. Mm -hmm. Um, now this one is Adam Fentanelli, uh, greater than Connor Bedard. Like definitely not individually. Uh, but I love the I love Fantilli as a kid. Yeah. Like he's just. He's got so much swagger and, and Greg Wyshynski actually made a good point on, on my show, the blue crew, like a couple of weeks ago or probably months ago at this point. Um, just by saying that this is the first ever like Columbus draft pick that brings like his own personality to the team, right? Like, mm -hmm. like Fantilli somewhat of a, I don't want to say he's the face of that team with Gaudreau and line and all the talent they have, but the things you see on social media, like his overall, like just individual swagger and the way he goes about himself and, you know, his family and, and everything about the kid just screams, you know, like, I want to root for that kid. Right. And I'm not saying it doesn't for Bedard. And obviously Bedard gets 10 times the media attention that Fantilli has been getting. But I, I think you just see the outgoingness more in Fantilli than you do in Bedard a little bit. 
And, um, you know, obviously the, the skill on the ice speaks for itself with Bedard. You know, I think he's obviously the best player to come out of this draft class for a reason. But um, I don't know, just everything I, I think you see around Fantilli is just different, yeah. um, which is which is cool. It's a lot more inviting. And I mean, yeah. guys that had the most, you know, NCAA points coming into this. They can grow to be great competitors in terms of what they produce on the ice. So mm-hmm. um, can't lean heavily in one direction over the other. Do love the swagger point and anybody who's a big family person wins with me. You got Forsberg will be a top five scorer this season. So I love that. I actually had the chance to to meet Philip Forsberg in Vegas at the media tour. And I uh, I went into the locker room, the Preds room after they played the Rangers, just to say what up to him because we talked for like 30 minutes at media day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just like the biggest sweetheart on the planet, honestly. Like, I love that guy. And uh, he scored a beautiful goal against the Rangers, like went through four guys, then took a clap bomb top, you know, blocker on, on Igor. And, uh, you know, he had a good laugh about it after the game, too. Like nothing else is working. So I decided to pull out the slap shot, um, <laughs> which, which I loved. And, you know, he's a he's a crazy individual talent. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if Nashville has the talent around him for him to be a top five scorer in the league. But I think he's off to a pretty strong start. I don't know exactly how many points he has right now uh, I think he's a point per game kind of guy is he yeah a lot right, well, good for him Sarin, yeah. i think i'm butchering his name for sure but the young kid that's in the mix there has been a helpful setup um yeah so yeah i think forsberg uh you know if he can keep it up for sure but again just another great guy to root for uh and he had a really tough injury last year so good to see him back in the mix and you know feeling happy and enjoying the game again but I don't, th- I don't, I don't think he can finish top five in the league. But I am rooting for it because I think he's an awesome dude. I, I, I second that. I know some of the injuries have been so unfortunate. Andre Burkowski, I was so excited to see what he'll do with the Seattle Kraken this year. Now he's out again because his yeah. shot percentage and numbers are just so insane. And I think that people forget what he can do. But health is a big factor. I hate this question, but I'm gonna humbly say it anyway. Lightning are doomed. Oh yeah. Help. Yeah, they're <laughs> doomed. Moving on. Um, Leafs, <laughs> <laughs> Leafs won't make it t- past the first round of playoffs this year. I think they will. I think they'll make the conference final minimum. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Love to hate that. Uh, Stars are going to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, that one. That's tough because I think they're sick. Like, I'm, I'm a big Dallas Star guy. Uh, Rupa Hintz has had a slower start than I expected, but Jake Ottinger has been money in the net. Um, and I, I love, I love the Dallas fans too. Dallas is a very underrated fan base. They love hockey out there. And, uh, when that team's winning, it's a, it's a fun place to be at. I've been to a bunch of games. Uh, I think it's the AAC, right? American Airlines center, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no great team. I, I think top to bottom, they're arguably top three deepest team in the NHL and the West is definitely tough, but I could see Dallas going to the Stanley Cup final without a doubt. Yeah. Now, as a as a, are you a native New Yorker, Johnny? Yeah, I'm born and bred, but I lived in Texas for two years when I played junior hockey, so that's why I went to a bunch of Stars games. Okay, because I was gonna say some Northerners are not fans of the South. Did they get you to convert to cowboy boots, country music, and barbecue? Yes. Country music, yes. Barbecue, yes. Cowboy boots, I just don't think I could pull them off. Uh, so I never spent the money on that. But I did do the hat. You know, I wore the cowboy hat every now and then, which was fun. Okay. But I went to the Red River Showdown. Uh, Texas State Fair two years in a row, and that was a fucking blast. They definitely know how to how to do a carnival or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that's considered a carnival. Like a carnival concert festival. Yeah, 
It's just an awesome weekend. I I highly recommend anyone who's like looking for a trip with friends and you want to do both of like eating, drinking and watching sports. The Red River Showdown weekend is one of the best for sure. Nice call on that one. Favorite country artist, though. Uh, Luke Combs, first one that came to my head. I think he's amazing. And I, my favorite country song is When It Rains It Pours. I love that song. Oh, that's actually one of my mom's favorites, too. Um, <laughs> it is a steady one. Bruins are going to the cup. No. And I think I don't want this to come out as a call out. I know they're 5 and 0 right now, but I don't think they've played the toughest competition so far. They had a good win in LA against the Kings. I thought that's been their best win of the year. But you know, I think they played who? Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, and who's the other team I'm missing? I'm blanking right now, but I know their opponents haven't been the strongest. Yeah. So, we'll see if they're uh, as good when they play the better teams in the league. Too early to tell. I agree. Uh, Swayman is better than Sorokin and Chesterkin. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, no. Vegas will fall apart. Also, no. I think Vegas is the exact same. I mean, no, I, don't, I don't think they are. They're the exact same team they were last year, and you know they rolled through the playoffs with ease. They they still weren't like the best regular season team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know this group's obviously got insane confidence after last year. They all love each other in that room, which is huge. And uh, you know, I think right now they're just going in every night saying we're going to win. And when you have that attitude and that mindset, it just makes everything easier. So, yeah, I don't think they're frauds at all. I think they're going to keep it rolling. Yeah, and they're so fun to watch. Now, before I let you go, I already gave you a heads up that I was going to make you endure um, ridiculous Q and A's with me. Yep. Mm-hmm. You'll answer first because you're you're the guest. It's just respectful. Okay. Thank um, you. <laughs> You're so welcome. And plus, you already implied that I was a dinosaur for printing these versus using my phone. Um, it's okay. First and foremost, I didn't tell anybody who I was having on Case in the League today, but they asked, who is your guest and what's their best hockey story? Now, you get Ooh. to interact with a lot of cool players and plus your time playing hockey, beer league, whatever is like your best favorite story right now. The icebreaker at a bar. Go. Uh, I mean, partying with the cup with, with Vegas you know, easily my number one. That was, that was so cool. But I I would say as of late, you know, having the chance to, you know, I do those like one-on-one skates for Bleacher Report with, with the players and having the chance to do that with Sidney Crosby was, was pretty cool for me. And, uh, you know, seventh grade me actually would have, would have shit talked myself. Cause I was a Crosby hater as a kid. Uh, oh. cause he, he, well, he always played the Rangers in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I just like hated Sid growing up, like as a player, I almost told him that when I met him, but I was so afraid. Uh, so I didn't say that, but obviously, you know, as you get older and you appreciate the game more and understand how hard it is to like actually be as good as these guys are in the NHL, like Sidney Crosby is unbelievable. And, you know, I've loved him in my, in my older life as a hockey player, just when I was younger and I was like a diehard, you know, painting my face, Ranger fan, Crosby and Malkin were, were two guys that I did not love very much. Do we have pictures of this that can go up with the episode? Uh, I can try to get one. I don't know. I don't know if I have. I can try to find one. That would be stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now, this is kind of branching off an interview I did on Friday with a Leafs contributor. Describe your past week in hockey terms only. How did they do it? They didn't. So this the conversation we had was basically like, what would a player do if I went into the locker room and said, uh, give me a breakdown of that 
third period power play goal without using any hockey jargon. Don't tell me about east to west, north to south. Don't say pucks deep, like none of it. How but you want you- me to describe my week using that? Yeah, using hockey terms, like the most okay. hockey terms. Uh, so there was a lot of a lot of action. This is so hard. <laughs> um, well, it's ridiculous. I was but- busy like every night last week, so I could talk about that. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of action. Uh, you know, getting getting pucks deep a lot, trying to you know get in on the forecheck. You know, as far as going to dinner, going out with friends. Um, you know, trying to be on my toes, not on my heels, and. Uh, you know, there, there were times where I thought it uh, got a little chaotic, but, you know, settled down and, and didn't get too high, didn't get too low, uh, you know, kept it even keel and, uh, you know, finished out the week on top. So, uh, you know, grinded it out and, uh, you know, battled through adversity and uh, happy the boys got it done. What a W. That was what the best a- I could do. I don't know. What the, that's a hard fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I love that they even thought of that. But yeah, yeah I didn't explain my week at all, really, though, I feel like. <laughs> I think what I got from that is you had some good dinners. You threw yeah, back yeah. a lot of food with good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Pucks deep. You were very busy. You yeah, kept yeah. it high, high intensity, uh, high busy schedule. And then after that, you know, it kind of faded out. But I think you had a great week. And I'm happy for yeah, you. That's so. fine. Thank you. <laughs> from there. Um, which team, which team is currently the candy corn of the NHL? I'm guessing that they think that that candy is absolute shit. Oh, really? Because I feel like that's a hit or miss. I I don't like candy corn personally, but I feel like people love candy corn. Oh, no. See, most people I know, including myself, candy corn's a negative. Okay. So then I'll say the Edmonton Oilers for sure, because I think they had the highest expectations coming to the year, and they've been pretty shitty to start. We'll roll with it. Um, Then they counteracted that with which team is the Reese's of the NHL? That's got to be Detroit. I think they're... Not overhyped by any means, but the hype around them is just exactly what it should be right now with how they've looked, uh, especially offensively. They're a wagon. Okay, love that. Um, funny one. Is it a terrible idea to take somebody to an NHL game for a first date? No, I've actually done that. And uh, well, it depends. It depends because no. does the date know anything about hockey? I'm going to go with no because it followed up with. Um, what if they don't know as much as you do about hockey pertaining to me, but like mm-hmm. I'm a nerd about it. So no, I think that's good. I think, I think it's fun to explain the game to somebody. It's also a little annoying at the same time, but like, I think it's a good bonding experience. And, you know, I think hockey is, you know, I mean, depending how big of a fan this person is like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously hockey is a game where you kind of have to pay attention to everything going on. Uh, I'd say like basketball is a better first date. Cause you can kind of just like casually watch. Cause there's, you know, a bucket every like 30 seconds so you're not like missing too much uh but like i would personally hate if i missed a goal and i was like explaining something to my date like that would suck like i'd be pissed off like uh you know so i i'd still say hockey games are always a good time you know get get a drink or two before the game um you know go watch warm up for a bit try to get a player to throw a puck to the date and whatnot and then uh if the team wins always a post game drink that's the rule you celebrate every win so uh yeah i think it'd be a fun first date Great idea. Look at you throwing it all out there. So take her and um, have fun. Why is hockey so sexual? Um, <laughs> this probably is it. Somebody said, why is hockey so sexual? And this is because I made funny comments on iHeart regarding um, when you speak in hockey jargon very fast, you might be talking about something else. Um. I don't know. I, I guess maybe just like 
the swagger behind it. I don't know. Hockey is just a little different. Well, I don't know. Player like the, the, the walking in the suits and stuff. Like you have a lot of, you know, personality prior to the game. The actual play in itself, I don't, is it sexual? I guess, yeah, there are some cases like, like the fighting and, you know, the, the wrestling in front of the net and stuff, but like. I think some of the terms. I think oh, the terms? On like pucks deep. Huh? I think people get hung up on pucks deep, like new ears. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could make, you could make anything sexual. Like <laughs> what, what's, what's the line in uh, American Pie Beta House? They're talking about like grandma's chicken salad. And like, if you say it like, oh, grandma's chicken salad, like it just sounds sexual, you know? <laughs> You, you can make anything sexual. It'd be disgusting. Um, <laughs> nice. Were you happy about his goals on Saturday? No, absolutely not. Um, love him. Loved his line with the Gophers. Love what him and Cooley are doing individually, but I couldn't support what happened on Saturday. Um, you kind of already touched on nice. So we don't have to go back into that. What's the hardest thing about covering hockey? Trying to be different. And uh, really trying to explain the game to fans who might not know the X's and O's of the game. Mm -hmm. So I think hockey is a, a much more complicated sport than the other major sports that you watch because, you know, this is funny. I actually talked about it in depth with my cousin, Jason, who, you know, he watches hockey and he's been a huge Rangers fan his whole life. But the game he watches is way different than the game that I watch. Like you could see, you know, maybe a player like, let's say, um, Mika Zibanejad has a hat trick one night and everyone would assume that because he had a hat trick, he played a really strong game, but there could be times where, you know, he, he did things way worse than he should have been doing them. And I think sometimes the result, uh, you know, is a, is a, a shadow of what the game actually entails. So like, you know, there's certain things that I watch for that other teams might or might not do. And one thing that I guess just like sticks out most is the weak side winger slashing. This is something that a lot of teams do, uh, commonly on the breakout where let's say the puck is on the left side of the ice as the team's breaking out. Usually that right winger will fly the zone diagonally to push his defenseman with him to clear up that side of the ice to make the breakout just a little bit cleaner. And not a lot of people like look for that or even know that, but that's a strategy that a lot of teams have. So like, that's something that I specifically look for when I'm watching a game. It just goes to show if, you know, the Rangers thinking more offense on their breakout or just trying to come up, you know, with a five man uh, unit like cohesively. Mm -hmm. um but th then again like trying to explain that and the importance of that and how that opens up the other side of the ice is way different than like you know a pick and roll or a give and go in the nba or like someone running a hook route in the nfl you know i think um there's just like little ways that lead to goals in the nhl that people don't really pick up on like you know in most cases if you allow a goal against it's probably because two or three things went wrong leading into that like, yeah you know, whether a defenseman pinched too hard or if a forward made a wrong read as an F3, like th there's so many little things that lead to a goal. And you could make the same case, I guess, for, um, you know, football, like if a block is, is an inch to the left or whatever and stuff like that. But I think that's the hardest thing with covering hockey is um, trying to talk the same language with all the fans when there's just so many different levels of knowledge on the game. Yeah, that's actually a great point, because sometimes I feel like when I try to be more analytical, it doesn't translate because you know, you're seeing something happen so fast and then fans are like, well, I don't even know what the hell you just said with that. <laughs> yeah. I have one guy every time he'll comment on it. And I'm like, I'm literally posting shots on goal, takeaways, giveaways. And I'm just doing it for perspective of like where, mm. like where the team tilted in that period. And he just, he still comes back with it. So that is probably a hard part to do. Um, again, big fan of your tweets, your work and everything Thank you. out there though. I think you make great sense of it creatively. Um, final question, Halloween fit. 
Are you a big Halloween guy? Are you going all out? Did you get seven costumes? Or are you rocking with one? I am a big Halloween guy, but I, I feel like I haven't been able to celebrate like last two years just because of, uh, you know, being busy with hockey stuff. Like, you know, this Saturday night, I'm calling the UMass BU game, so I won't be able to go to the Halloween party that I was invited to. So I'm not buying a costume this year. Um, I'm a big fan of the couple's costumes. Love that. Uh, I, I actually, I, I broke up, me and my ex-girlfriend broke up, but I had a plan to do a Halloween costume with her for that coming Halloween, which I still haven't been able to do yet, which I want to do the next time I'm able to celebrate. And that's Bobby Boucher and his dad. I really want to be Bobby's dad. I think that guy is like one of the funniest characters Hilarious. like in all of movies. <laughs> um, but everyone does the Bobby Boucher costume, but no one does it with the father also. Right. So that's something that I want to do uh, for my next one, whenever I can celebrate a Halloween again. Um, but yes, big fan of Halloween. I think the NHL goes all out for Halloween too, which is, um, amazing. I forgot who I saw someone, I was watching a podcast or something. Someone said they did like four hours of makeup. Like, Oh my gosh. Um, Nick Paul on our team came in as gold member with like all the little unique facial hairs and just like the whole makeover. It was Mm. insane looking. Yeah, he was getting ready to go on for a real live take for a movie film, and he just <laughs> laid it around the Bulls Halloween party. Yeah. But yeah, it was actually it was Alex Tuck on Empty Netters who said that. It's coming back. Oh, okay. To me. okay. But, yeah, yeah, four hours of makeup for a Halloween costume. So I love the dedica- dedication there. Um, but yeah, I, I love Halloween. What's your costume this year? Do you have one? Um, Catwoman, and I'm Catwoman? going to wear it for every event possible because mm-hmm. I. Had a photo shoot last year. They asked me to do Catwoman. It ended up translating well. And then this year, I just haven't had time to be creative and do anything else. And then my friends tried my life and thought I wanted to do a third wheel costume. And <laughs> rather than <laughs> reacting in pure rage of, of that, I just decided to pull from last year. So I will be Catwoman Thursday through Sunday. And um, Busy weekend. Exactly. <laughs> I just Busy said, weekend, yeah. Yes. Maybe I'll add some things to her, you know, claws one mm-hmm. night, a whip the other night, who knows, but that's mine. I love Halloween. I just, I feel like I'm running out of ideas of things to do. I feel like I've done like, I feel like college gets like the best of you in Halloween. I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like you get more creative as you get older. Cause, cause college, you're just kind of like going out and getting, it's not really about the costume. You're just about getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> The costume, the costume yeah. just a little too seriously. Yeah, I think I had the same like Reno nine one one cop costume all four years of college. <laughs> oh you should way to way to expose me yet again. Um, yeah. what, <laughs> what, <laughs> up. um, where do people need to follow? I think you have a Blue Crew episode dropping today. Um, yeah, we had one today. Um, you can just follow me on Twitter, jlazzy twenty three. Pretty much post my entire life there. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Go track, uh, track Laz's entire life there. Don't forget, Casing the League brought to you by Bet Online here on Believe Network. Give Johnny a follow. Check out all the Blue Crew things and all the creativity just spewing out of Johnny Lazarus. Thank you again for joining me. And until next time, guys, I am Casey Hudson bringing you Casing the League, and I'll catch you guys at the end of the week.